Well, thank you so much. And that is true, isn't it? We can bring all of our burdens and our problems to Him because He cares for us and He loves us. And what a wonderful Savior that we have. Well, how many of you brought your Bible tonight? We hold up the Bible all over the building. And if you will, take your Bible down. Join me, if you will, in the Gospel of John tonight, chapter number 11. Uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 11, page number uh, 1,131. If you have an old Schofield Bible, and I want to read some verses here in just a moment. Let me, uh, while you're finding your place there, let me just brag on our buses today. We have 311 riders on our church buses today, and that's the most that we've had since we started back about, what, a month and maybe a couple of weeks ago now. And what a good day on the church buses. 311 riders on the church buses. I'm talking about right in the middle of a pandemic. I'm talking about right in the middle of an of election gone sour. Uh, 311 folks rode to church buses over here today. That is a real blessing, and I thank the Lord for all of that, all that He did for us. Of course, we had the young lady that was let's see, young lady that was baptized this morning off one of our bus routes, and I appreciate the hard work that went into that good, good number on the buses today. The West Winston route had 16. The Kernersville route had eight. The South Winston route had 18. The Greensboro route had 29. The King Rural Hall route had 39. The Mount Airy route had 25. The Murray Road Route had 42, the Apophtown Route 23, the Ogburn Station Route 19, Siloam Route had 11, then you throw in three other Spanish bus routes along with all that, and the total comes to 319, and we haven't even counted all the absentee ballots yet. That's exactly right. 311 riders rode the church. Boy, if you appreciate that, will you say Amen. I want to congratulate all of our bus captains and workers. What a, there's a lot of work that went into getting that crowd here. And then I appreciate all the children's church workers, all those who worked so hard, labored so hard in uh, taking care of that crowd once we got them here. And then, of course, you know that we feed them all a uh, hot lunch on the way back home. And so I uh, appreciate all those who worked in the cafeteria today preparing that meal for our bus riders and then all the work that went in after that was over as well. I think Brother David goes through and kind of just... Uh, sanitizes the whole end of that building down there after all that's over with. So I'm telling you, that's a lot of hard work, and I appreciate all of our bus captains and workers today. Right before I read the, the verses tonight, I want us to pray. Brother Perry Bodford, his, uh, his brother-in-law, and I mentioned this this morning, had a heart attack yesterday and lay unconscious for some time. Uh, when they finally got to him, he was already, he was already dead. They had to revive him. And uh, now they've taken him to the hospital. They've induced a coma, and they're just waiting to see kind of, you know, where this thing goes from there. And as you might well imagine, I'm talking about probably in the mid-30s, maybe uh, 35, 36, 37 years old, there's a distraught wife and children behind this situation. And we really need to pray for them tonight, okay? And in just a moment after I read the verses, I want to have special prayer for that family. Let's read tonight, John chapter 11, beginning in verse 38. Leave your Bibles open and please follow me along here for just a minute. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. And it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For it's been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said not I unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, 
I thank thee that thou hast heard, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, uh, he uh, cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was, uh, was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Leave your Bibles open. Let's pray for this family. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to pray tonight. And I'm glad, as those young ladies sang, that we can. We can bring it all to you tonight, all the burdens and the problems of life. And Lord, I want to pray for this family tonight, this, this young lady, this young wife, and these children associated with this family tonight. God, I pray that you might give them great grace and great strength and encouragement in this time. And then... I only can pray, if it's your will, God, that you'd go there in that hospital room and touch the body of that one that is laid there tonight. God, would you please have mercy on this family. Lord, please touch them and help them tonight. God, if it be your will, I know nothing. I've just read here in this text tonight how you touched a person that was dead for 96 hours. Not just a few minutes. 96 hours. Four days he was dead. And God, you touched him. You're the same God. Lord, you change not. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I can only pray if it's your will, if it's your will that you please touch him. God, work a miracle in this situation. Help this family. God, meet their needs, we pray. And now bless your word. Speak to our hearts. Encourage us in this hour, please, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you read through the New Testament about the life of Christ, uh, you'll find that there are some 35 different miracles that Jesus did while he was here, at least that are recorded for us in the four Gospels. Now, of course, you and I know that there's no telling how many miracles that Jesus did while he was here on the earth. And uh, the Bible said that if everything that he'd done had been written in a book, why, John said, I suppose the world itself couldn't even contain all those books that it would take. There are thousands and thousands of miracles that Jesus did for. But we only have 35 of those miracles recorded for us in the New Testament. Without doubt, to me, the greatest miracles that Jesus did, and of course I, I, I love them all, the only one that is recorded in all four Gospels is the feeding of the 5,000. But here is a great miracle that is before us tonight in Jesus raising the dead back to life again. Now there's no telling how many dead people that he raised back to life again while he was here on the earth. You know, the Bible said that when Jesus died on the cross, when he cried from the cross, it is finished. The Bible said that the graves around the city of Jerusalem opened up and the dead got up out of the graves and started walking. I mean, there's no telling how many people were resurrected from the grave when Jesus died on the cross. But we have three, the record of three different individuals that were raised from the grave while Jesus was here upon this earth. There was the daughter of Jairus, Jairus' daughter, a young lady that was very 
sick, who died, was raised back to life again. There was the widow's son. Boy, she already had met with great grief in her life because her husband had died. Then her son took sick, and he also died. But Jesus raised him back to life again. And then there's the record of John chapter 11, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Now, the one thing we know about this family, uh, uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, was the fact that Jesus was very close to them. He loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. In fact, the Bible said uh, in verse number, is it verse number three? The Bible said, he whom thou lovest is sick. I mean, Jesus loved this, this family. In fact, Jesus oftentimes during his earthly ministry resorted to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Evidently, Jesus just felt comfortable around those people. You know, he was constantly under the scrutiny of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees. Maybe he could go over to Mary and Martha's and Lazarus' house, and as we would say, maybe he could just exhale just a little bit. Maybe as we would say in our terminology, maybe he could let his hair down a little bit, just be himself because he felt at ease, and he felt very comfortable around Mary and Martha and Lazarus. The Bible said there in verse number 5, look at that verse. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. But then we read that something has gone awry in this family. One of the threesome has gotten very sick. His name is Lazarus. In fact, he's so sick that he is eventually going to die in this text. Now, I've got to stop and remind us all of something that we all are familiar with, but it doesn't hurt to be reminded of it every once in a while, and that's this. Just because Jesus loves us, and just because we love Jesus, doesn't give us an immune card, a, 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 a get-out-of-jail-free card when it comes to suffering and bad things happening to us in this, uh, this walk of life. You know, I know we hear what the, 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 the preachers on TV, the Joy Boys, the oil rip-offs, and the, and the, and the, um, uh, the pretty boy with his hair and whatever, and, and we hear all that stuff on TV, you know, that if you love the Lord and you do what's right, you'll never have any heartaches in life, and yet to read the Bible, we come to understand that stuff like disease and stuff like death and stuff like disasters even happens to people who love the Lord Jesus. And the Bible said that Lazarus is sick just because he loved Jesus and just because Jesus loved him didn't prevent him from getting sick. Well, the sisters of Lazarus send for Jesus to come and to help old Lazarus out. You know, that's a good thing to do when you got a loved one that gets sick. Go tell Jesus about it. Go send for Jesus. I'm telling you, when your loved one goes to the hospital, aren't you glad Jesus visits hospitals? Amen. Aren't you glad that when your loved ones get sick and, 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 and at home and in, in the bed and they're very sick, aren't you glad Jesus makes house calls? I mean, we can always we can always invite Jesus into that sick room and to touch our loved ones. By the way, can I say this? He can do something about it. Praise the Lord. I thank God for doctors and medicine. And by the way, sometimes God chooses to heal by those means. Sometimes God chooses to heal through the hands of a doctor or through some kind of medical technology or some kind of medicine. Sometimes God chooses to heal that way and sometimes God just does it himself. But whichever way he does it, aren't you glad we have a God in heaven that can touch our bodies when things begin to go wrong. I can see these sisters. So they send for Jesus to come. And then they wait. And one day passes. 
and two day passes and three days. And finally, on the fourth day, Jesus shows up. However, the sad thing about it is by the time the Lord gets there, Lazarus has already died. In fact, I think it's clear from the Scripture that he died on the very day that they sent for Jesus to come. When Jesus gets there, he's already dead. Now, you can just imagine this threesome, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they're very close. They aren't like families in our day, hate each other, won't talk to each other. I mean, this threesome is very close. Evidently, none of them's ever gotten married. And they all just live right there in this little town of Bethany. And I mean, they're just, their life just revolves around each other. And yet we read in our text that Lazarus has died. Can you just imagine the grief that has encapsulated the heart of these, of these sisters? Can you just imagine the hurt and the grief and the, and the sorrow that they are experiencing? Tears are no doubt coursing down their cheeks, mirroring the sorrow that is in their heart. I probably wouldn't miss it far to say they'd cried so much that they had the snubs. I mean, man, they are broken over the fact that their brother has died. They're crushed over the fact they sent for Jesus to come and Jesus just didn't show up. Finally, the Lord gets there. Well, when he gets there, you read it in the text, Martha comes busting out of the house. She hears that Jesus is there, and she has a face-to-face -face confrontation with the Lord. I mean, she's upset. She's frustrated that he didn't come when she thought he ought to come. She's upset, and she begins to kind of rebuke the Lord Jesus. Just look, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said, oh, he's going to live again. She said, I know he'll live again in the resurrection. Didn't we? Aren't we bad to do that? We either want to live in the past or out yonder in the future. She said, if thou hadst been here, if you'd have been here in the past, he'd have been all right. Oh, Jesus said, he's going to live again. I know he will out yonder somewhere. Now she jumps to the future. Jesus said, hold it, hold it. I am right now. Aren't you glad he's the God of right now? I thank God he's, got a, he's done some great things in the past, and I'm looking forward to our future. And by the way, we're closer to it now than we've ever been. Amen. I'm looking forward to the future, but until then, right now, in this present hour, 614, on a Sunday night, right now, God is right now. He is. He is the great, the great I am right now. Martha has a face-to-face -face confrontation with the Lord. But Mary also comes running out of the house. And if you look down in our text, Mary doesn't have a face-to-face -face confrontation. Watch this. She has a face-to-feet confrontation. The Bible said that she comes running out of the house. If you look down in this text, and the Bible said that she falls at his feet. She falls at the feet of Jesus. Boy, that's a good place to be. At the feet of Jesus. Can I tell you, every time you run into this Mary in the New Testament, I'm talking about Martha, Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Did you know every time you run into her, and you only meet her three times in the New Testament, and every time you see her, she is down at the feet of Jesus? In Mark chapter 14, when she's broke that alabaster box, and she's brought it in there, and she's broke it open, she poured it at the, on the head of Jesus, she gets down at the feet of Jesus. Maybe I can say it like this. She's doing her best at the feet of Jesus. You know, another occasion here in our, in our text, John chapter number 11, her brothers died. Now she's bringing her burdens. I'll just bring it all to him. Hey, we can just bring it to him. Lay it at his feet. We can do our best. We can bring our burdens 
to the feet of Jesus. Every time you meet her, she is down at the feet of Jesus. Well, in this text, what happens is amazing. Jesus understands the grief that these ladies are experiencing. So we ask there, look at verse 34, where have you laid him? Where's he at? Where'd you bury him at? And the Bible said that they take him out, according to verse number 35, Jesus wept. Then they take him out to where Lazarus has been buried. Look at verse 38. He came to a grave. Jesus groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And then notice in our text, the Bible said this. Jesus said, all right now, take ye away the stone. And about that time, Martha speaks up. Look again at verse 39. She said, Lord, don't do that. By this time, he stinketh. Now, evidently, you know the Jews, probably these ladies had probably done their best in preparing the body of their brother for burial. They'd probably anointed it with the proper spices and the proper ointments. Uh, they'd done the best they could do to preserve his body. Then they laid him in the grave and they set the stone there to seal him in. And you've got to understand in that kind of a climate over there, in that hot kind of a climate, you know, probably decomposition set in on that body pretty quick. I mean, it probably set in pretty fast. And when Jesus walked out there and said, okay, hey, hey, move the stone out of the way, no wonder she spoke up. She said, Lord, please don't do that by this time he stinketh and Jesus said don't worry about it Martha and Jesus called old Lazarus back from the grave now, now I don't know how this worked and I may be embellishing this a little bit and I don't even mean to but can you just imagine Lazarus now, you've got to understand, Jesus hadn't died yet. So when people die before the death of Jesus, they went down into the heart of the earth in the comfort side of Abraham's bosom. How many of you all are with me on that? Some of you all are looking like kind of cross-eyed like me right now. But before the death and the resurrection of Jesus, when people died, they went to the comfort side of Abraham's bosom. And I can just see old Lazarus down there. There's Moses and Abraham the rest of that crowd. He's probably listening to Moses tell about how God dried up the Red Sea and, and they were crossing over dry ground. Somebody taps him on the shoulder and said, Lazarus, uh, they want you back up yonder. <laughs> Lazarus said, you have got to be kidding. I just got here. Man, I'm listening to this story here, and you mean to tell me I've got to leave the land of the living and go back up yonder to the land of the dead? <laughs> We're living right now in the land of the dead, friend. We're heading to the land of the living. And it didn't long till Lazarus has to go back up there, and Jesus has called him out of the grave. And you've heard this before, but somebody said if Jesus hadn't specified for Lazarus to come forth, if he'd have just said come forth, everybody in the graveyard would have got up and walked out. He's got the power. Aren't you glad we serve a God tonight that's got all power in heaven and in earth? He can do anything tonight. Anything God can do it. But here's what I want to preach on tonight. I want to preach on this thought right here. Don't let the stink stop you. Guess what? You know, many times life stinks, don't it? You ever heard this before? Maybe you've heard somebody say this. Man, that stinks. Can I tell you something? Look here. The election. Man, that stinks, don't it? I'm telling you to the high heavens. I'm telling you, that's, that skunk smell on steroids. 
what happened stinks. And sometimes, let's just face it, life stinks. Maybe you've heard somebody say this before. I tell you, that fellow there stirs up a stink everywhere he goes. And many times through the situations of life, our life are filled uh, with stink. The devil does his best to put stinks in our life. I mean, he does his best to, to try to, 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 to stop us from serving God and from living for God. And he places stink after stink after stink in our life as we try to live and serve the Lord. Martha says, Lord, whatever you do, please don't roll the stone away. By this time, that old boy is stinking. But Jesus, in spite of her insistence, in spite of her resistance, Jesus said, hey, Martha, we're not going to let the stink stop us. We're about to see God work, God do something in this situation. Whatever you do, don't let the stink stop you tonight. Amen. Your life full of stinks tonight? Anything stinking in your life? I'm not talking about the person sitting beside of you neither. You got a stink going on in your family? Put her there, buddy. Welcome to the human race. You got a stink going on in your life somewhere? Stink going on down at the job? Stink going on in your personal life? Some kind of struggle of failure? Hey, put her there, buddy. Welcome to the human race. Life is full of stinks. There's always going to be troubles. There's always going to be problems and difficulties in this walk of life. But in God's name, don't let the sting stop you. Amen. And I want you to join me in this text tonight. I'd like to say three things about this. Don't let the stink. I know it stinks. I've tried to pump y'all up in both these services today. And I'll be honest with you, I need somebody to pump me up. Because it stinks, don't it? How do you feel about it? Somebody, let's, let's just take a poll, a gammon's poll here. Somebody give me, let's just anybody at random, give me a one-word statement for how you feel right now in this section. What? A joke? A joke? Debauchery? Man, this is a rough crowd right over here. I'm telling you, I'm going to sit in this section over here. Another one. Come on, one more. Come on, man. Okay. And they can't count neither. I said one word, and they can't even count, so don't sit over there. All right, right here. How y'all feeling? One word. What? Overcomers. Oh, man. This section you want to be in. I mean, I hate people like this right here in this section, don't y'all? What about over here? What? Believing. What? Stink? Lost Democrats. Aren't y'all glad y'all come to church tonight? What? Evil. 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 You know something? Can I tell you something? We all got these emotions going on inside of us. It's just flat out stinks, don't it? But don't let the stink stop you from serving God. I've tried to tell you this morning, I just want to tell you again tonight, God's got everything in control. I mean, he really does. You say, well, I sure hope he wins in the end. I do too. But whether he does or he don't, as God's people, man, we just got, don't let the sting stop us. Man, we got to go on. Now's the time to live for God. Now's the time to step up. Now's the time to do something for God. Now's the time to get that loved one saved. Now's the time to pray. Now's the time to seek God's face. Now's the time to be dedicated in our life. Now's not the time to say, Lord, please, it stinks. I know it does, but don't let the stink stop you. Look in our text tonight. Number one, I put this down. Don't let the stink stop you. Number one, from doing, doing the will of God. 
Don't let the stink stop you from doing the will of God. Jesus commanded. It was Jesus' will for the stone to be removed. Martha objected to the removal of the stone on the basis of the fact that there may be a stink involved. I would tell you something tonight. Anytime you're trying to do the will of God, the devil's going to put a stink in your life. You do understand that. Nothing but good things happen when God's people get involved in doing the will of God. The Bible encourages us to do the will of God. What about that Romans 12, 2 verse. It talks about the perfect and acceptable and the holy will of God. Hey, can I stop and say, good things happen when we do the will of God. What about that Isaiah 1 15 verse that says, if we be willing and obedient, we shall eat the good of the land. So what does the devil do? The devil tries to stop us from doing the will of God. So he puts a stink in our life along the way. He causes a problem to come along the way to get us to quit doing the will of God. Here Here's old Martha. He's, Jesus is about to do the very thing she needs him to do, she wants him to do, but she's worried about the stink. Don't let the stink stop you. Stick in there, stink and all, and live for God. Don't let the stink stop you from doing the will of God. I think about the bus ministry. The bus ministry is the will of God. But I'm telling you something, anytime you have a bus ministry, there's going to be some stinks along the way. Amen. Some of the kids come to church. They don't know how to act. They don't know how to behave. They get in a fight or two. Something happens. Purses get stolen. Toilets get stopped up. Listen, man, people say, man, I'll tell you what, it stinks. It does, but it sure is worth it. It's the will of God. I think about the Christian school. Man, I'll tell you what, every once in a while, we have big old stink in the Christian school. Amen. But God tells us in his word to bring our children up in the nurture, in the admonition of the Lord. What about church? Boy, sometimes stinks break out in church, don't it? People don't get along. They get their wires crossed. Things break out in church. But I'm telling you, don't let that keep you from doing the will of God. Don't let the stink stop you from doing the will of God. Number two, don't let the stink stop you from experiencing the wonders of God experiencing the wonders of God. Jesus said, take the stone away. Martha said, please don't. He will sting. She didn't understand what was about to happen. Jesus was getting ready to perform a wonder right before her very eyes, and she was about to miss it because she was worried about the stink. Man, I mean the very thing she wanted him to do and he, she's about to miss it because she's worried about to stink. Hey, look down at verse number 40 of this text. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? I wonder what big thing is about to happen. You say, Brother Tim, you don't know. The Democrats are in the White House. You don't know. God's bigger than the Democrats are. I know it things right now. I smell it all the way down here in North Carolina. But I promise you this, God's bigger than they are. And you let them start messing with God's little children. You let that crowd start messing with God's church. I tell you what Jesus said is better, that you have a millstone cast about your neck than offend one of God's little children. They better, I'll tell you, I hope they learn. They better leave the church alone. They better leave God's people alone. God don't take it laying down when people begin to move against his people and mistreat his people. God may be getting ready to do something big, and it may just be a stink trying to stop it. 
Don't let the sting stop you from experiencing the wonder of God. I'm telling you something, friend. God may be getting ready to send revival to this land of ours. Maybe God's done allowed this to happen. I don't think he did it. I don't think it's the will of God. But maybe God allowed it to happen. You know why? To cause people just like you and me to pray more, to seek his face more. I'm telling you, Democrats can't stop revival from coming. Only us letting the stink get in the way can stop that. I'm just trying to say, don't let the thing stop you from seeing and experiencing the wonder of God. Martha was trying to stop the God who was about to do the very thing that she prayed and longed for him to do. You know what I say? Let her smell, boys. You ever been by this trash dump down here on a August the 99 degree day? I'm just driving down Highway 52. Oh, my soul. Mount Trashmore right down here. You ever been through there on one of them hot, humid days with the windows down? Talk about stink. You know what I say? Let her stink, boys. If God's about to do something big, let her smell. Let her stink. I can put up with it. Amen. If God will do something big, God will do what we've been praying for him to do. Don't let the stink stop you from seeing the work of God. Look in our text, if you will. The Bible said, if you look down at verse 45, we know the story. We know what happened in the story. Jesus told them to roll the stone away. Lazarus comes walking out, and the Bible said because of that, in verse number 45, then many of the Jews which came to Mary and seen the things which Jesus did, what happened? They believed on him. What if she had objected and said, you can't move that stone? You can't. On the basis, there might be a stink. I mean, she almost missed all of that, seeing her brother. Can you just imagine the reunion that took place? I mean, when Lazarus walked out, and he's, and he, by the way, he's still bound in his grave clothes. I mean, Jesus, can you just imagine being there in the graveyard that day? And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And everybody looked toward that place. And I mean, for just a few seconds, there's nothing because he's got to get from down there back up here. And he didn't want to come back up here. And about that time, just a few seconds later, I mean, he can't walk because he's bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And he walks up over there. Can you imagine the reunion? That, that Jesus said, loose him and let him go. <laughs> well, I'm glad he not only called me from the grave. Thank God I'm glad he loosed me and let me go. <laughs> you know what? Too many of us still wearing old grave clothes. We've been, we've been called back. We've been called out of the grave, but we still got a grave clothes on. Aren't you glad we serve a God that can not only resurrect us from the deadness and the trespasses of our sin, but thank God he can snip away the grave clothes and loose us and let us. Could Lazarus really enjoy life like this right here? Aren't you glad we got a God and say, hey, let's loose him and let him go? Aren't you glad God loosed you and let you go one day? There he stands. And oh, the reunion that took place. I can see those two sisters run over there and grab him. I can see everybody standing there in the graveyard saying, woohoo! I mean, Trump train, whoop whoop. I mean, man, they're having a time right there in the graveyard that day. It is wonderful. And people all over there saying, Jesus, we believe on you. Jesus, you are who you say you are. It was a great experience. But they almost missed it because there's word about to stink. 
Don't let the stink stop you. God may be getting ready to do something big. So I just want to say tonight, I know it stinks. But God can still work a miracle in spite of the stink. Don't let it stop you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray tonight.